Hey Podnuts, Corey here from Instant House Call. Whether you're a break-fix tech who needs to provide remote support on demand without pre-installed software, or a managed service provider who wants to connect to unattended PCs anytime, Instant House Call makes remote support easy. I want to invite you to try Instant House Call free for yourself. Go to podnuts.com and click on the link in the show notes, then use the promo code PODNUTS. Instant House Call is the best remote support on earth. We can prove it. Try it free now and see for yourself. Welcome to PodNuts Daily, episode number 492, a show for computer repair techs by computer repair techs. I'm your host, Jeff Halish. I'm joined today by myself. Welcome to the show, self. Anyways, I wanted to do a state of the PodNuts Daily podcast and kind of let you all know where I'm coming from and, and what's going on. And it is with a, a, let me just say this. I really like doing this show. I love talking to other technicians and other business owners and learning what they do in their business. That's kind of what this show has always been about, is sharing the day-to-day with not only ourselves, but other business owners out there, other technicians in what they do. And I've just found it, it's come to a point now where I don't have the bandwidth to continue all the podcasts that I do. So Podnuts Daily, I am going to have to put on a, and I won't even say temporary, a permanent hiatus from me. And so I can concentrate on things like the computer repair podcast show, the live show, call-in show that I do. I want to concentrate more on that and not have, doing two shows is, is takes a lot. And when I do it, it's uh, it's just a lot of time to put them together. Again, really have enjoyed it. I've enjoyed all the people that have stepped up over the years and come on this show and really given good content. And I know people have always been nervous. And I always wanted to make them feel comfortable and come on the show and share what they do. So I really don't know. I don't know what to say other than this is going to be the last Podnuts Daily from Jeff Halish. Now, where it goes from here, I have no idea. Uh, You know, maybe down the road, somebody will maybe pick it up or something or uh, somebody that's got uh, some more bandwidth or some more. more get up and go than I do apparently right now to be able to take this show over and do something with it. But for right now, I just want to let people know kind of where I was going with the show and what's, uh, you know, where it's going to go from here and, and what's going on. So that when, now there hasn't been a whole lot of shows this year. I think there's been 13 or 14 shows. And when I first started, you know, I was getting 40 some odd shows of different people showing up and um, Paco LeBron has been a wonderful person to basically come in and get people signed up for the show, really pump the show up and make people feel comfortable. And he's been doing a great job at that, but it's just time. It, it takes me a lot of time every week to be able to do these shows. And so I just want to, I want to concentrate on one. And this is where I feel it's one of those things where you're good at one thing but when you kind of spread yourself to a little bit too thin, everything becomes kind of like, yeah, it's okay. Whoa, wait, 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 wait. Whoa, 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 whoa. D. Jeff Hallish saying that he's not good at more than one thing. What? What? 
And what is this nonsense you're talking about? Padna's daily being on a permanent hiatus. No, we, 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 wait, wait, wait. We, we can't have this. We can't have this. Paco, Paco, I thought we hung up on Skype a while back. What, what are you still doing on here? Have you been listening to me the whole time? Absolutely, because that's apparently what I've done now that I've been on a hiatus from podcasting for so long. I just listen to other people's podcasts. But anyway, um, no, that's no, no. What, what, what madness is this? What, what are you, what are you talking about? We, well, we can't do that with Podnuts Daily. Podnuts, it's Podnuts Daily. I, I, I know, and I, I love the show. I really do, and it, it's a, it's, it's a great way for people to be able to talk about their business and talk about their day-to-day activities. I think it helps a lot of people out there, but I, I just can't do two podcasts anymore. You know what, Jeff? I think for the good of Podnuts and the Podnuts listeners, I got to do what's right. That's right, Podnuts listeners. I'm back. I have to take over the show. It's got to be one of those where someone has to do the right thing for this show. And I think I'm the man to do it. So, I am officially declaring I am off of hiatus, and I will be taking and addressing this Podnuts Daily situation with the blessing of Jeff Hallish, of course. I think I need to take over the show and just make sure that it breathes in some new life to it. Well, you know what, Paco, to be honest with you, I couldn't think of a better person to actually step up and take over a show like this because Podnuts Daily, I know, has been one of your babies since you first came on however many years ago it was, and I've told everybody this many, many times, but you were always my biggest cheerleader. No, you're right. I think it's a matter of, you know, Podnuts Daily has always been, like, so as everyone knows, you know, that Podnuts has always been a big home for me, and Podnuts Daily, specifically this show, I feel has provided much worth to many listeners, just because I feel like this is the show that has the the rubber that meets the road. This is day in, day out stories on not only the host, the stories on the technicians and computer business owners that are on the show. And I think I pick up at least one or two things from every Podnuts Daily um, versus any other podcast that I listen to. And I think that's why it's so important to why I've made sure guests have appeared why I kind of stepped up to get the scheduling done in the previous past year is because there's such an importance to this show that I think a lot of people just really enjoy. And I think the fact that there really is an investment and something special here where there's just not a show like this anywhere else in our industry, let alone in the podcasting field. I agree with you 100%. And that is one of the things that I really wanted to do with this show and keep it going since even Steve Cherubino started it back in the day. And for those that don't know, back in the day in around 2008, uh, 2009 period around there, he basically was working in a computer repair shop, his own, and running it. And he would come home and he would talk about different things that happened in his shop that day. And he was just like, hey, here's what happened. Here's how the customer reacted. Here's what the laptop I worked on. Here's a problem I ran into. And he just talked about his day-to-day business almost every day. And then he got this bright idea a few years. I don't even know how many episodes it was. I think it was over 100 episodes he had done like that. And he decided to, wait a minute, there's other people out there that have information that I can get that are running their businesses maybe differently than I am. 
and they could come on the show. I could interview them and they could talk about how they do their business. And so from that standpoint there, I had come on the show a couple times and there's been many, many, uh, literally hundreds and hundreds of techs who have come on the show and shared what they do in their day-to-day business since it's been going, I think, around 2009. So that's a long time for this show to be around. We're coming close. This is show or episode number 492. We're coming close to that 500 mark, which that's a big deal in podcasting. 500 shows of any one show, even though it's had different hosts and guests and all that kind of stuff, is really something to just be in awe of, to be honest. So you want to know what the irony of it all is? My debut episode of Podnuts Daily was 392. No way. I just looked it up right now to be so to basically kind of go into the spiel of those who haven't heard of me. And my first episode was Podnuts Daily 392. No kidding. So a hundred episodes ago. Isn't that we couldn't have planned that any better? <laughs> That's awesome. Um but yeah, so I, I kind of want to just so not at the fun shtick, you know, we kind of uh gone through. So um in the immortal words of uh, Jay-Z, allow me to reintroduce myself. No, I'm kidding. So <laughs> es- essentially, there's been a, so there's a couple pieces to this as well. Um, and I want to go through a brief introduction. For those that want to know more in detail about my computer repair business, um, you can find that information out, as we mentioned, in Podnest Daily 392. But for those that are listeners and those who that have been active listeners and those who have not are first-time listening, um, again, my name is Paco LeBron. Um, I run a computer repair shop out in Chicago. Um, but previously I was a podcaster on not only, uh, the computer repair live show as, uh, one of Jeff's co-hosts, but I also was a co-host for on the network YFNCG, um, and then called the computer business podcast. And now the TSB, which is the tech site builder. Uh, network per se, and their show, the Computer Business Marketing Show, and I was the co-host to Matthew Rodella of that show, and we've been doing. I've been in the podcasting realm for probably the last maybe, I think I'm close to three years now. Whether it was on and off, and then in this past year and a half to two years, have contributed in an ongoing role, but have since took a hiatus from podcasting in July. Um, there was a lot of things going on at the time, and I was working on building my own personal brand and by that being that i served on a couple nonprofits, um, i was involved in a couple other things i was working on the paco lebron brand and we're figuring out what that meant and as i told all of the listeners before i had left my plan was to launch my own show um titled the struggles of an entrepreneur and launch that show in entirely well, a couple months later have gone by. I had tried to figure out what I really wanted to do. And I w- thought that basically reinventing the wheel seemed like it was a little bit much more work than I was willing to contribute. However, I did want to be able to spread and share what the theme of that show was. And I think the biggest thing that we have in our industry is we get a lot of great stories and things of how people got to where they have to go, but there's not a lot of um, discussion on the real negative and really big things that are 
really taking impact to those that are starting their business that are part-time business owners trying to figure out how to make this work and the real ugly side on how to get this computer repair business going and that was kind of what my goal was going to be on a more broader scale and i thought that maybe it made more sense for me to bring it to the network and i kind of obviously uh, as everyone knows i'm very good friends with jeff so i kind of discussed with him on my thoughts and just one thing led to another on kind of what his uh, responsibilities have shifted and changed. And we came to the uh, to the conclusion that maybe it made sense for me to kind of take over Podnuts daily while he focuses on the great things he's doing over at the computer repair business, uh, the computer repair live show. So or the computer repair podcast, depending on how you listen to this audio or video format of his other show. So that's kind of the roundup of how this all came to be. I know that there was a lot of discussion on some things I wanted to do. Obviously, as everyone know, things in life change, and that's why I am now officially back and will be taking on Podnets Daily from moving forward from today. Very cool. Well, I'm excited to have some, to be honest with you, fresh blood in here. I Like I said, I really enjoy doing the show. I enjoy hosting it. I enjoy talking to other techs. And one of the things that I was going to do, because there was a lack of shows, and I think this is where Paco is going to be a little bit different. And you're going to have what I will say, and I'm going to preface this by saying, Paco, you better, <laughs> is that you're going to have a more consistent show. And I'm going to say, instead of being only a handful of episodes during the year, you're going to have many more than that, probably a show every week, whether it's Paco talking about his business, talking about the things that he's struggling with, and that's what a lot of people really like from Paco's point of view is that he will share the down and dirty. Hey, it's not always rainbows and unicorns, people. It is, it's, it, sometimes things get hard, but if you have enough persistence, you can get through that. If you can lean on somebody else, if you can listen to somebody else that tells you that there are ways around what you're trying to do then you can be better off for it. And I think that's what Paco is going to bring to the table, something that I could not do because I was already doing two podcasts. And so for me to do a, a single podcast, as far as just having me as a solo, when I didn't have other guests to interview, was just not going to happen. As much as I wanted to, as much as I wanted to take the time and do that, I just couldn't justify it. So a lot of times when I didn't have guests, I would just take the rest of that day off after my original podcast. Yep. And, and kind of like what you said, um, yeah, absolutely not. I'm not doing any of those things. No, but um, I <laughs> essentially that's kind of the plan for the show. We're going to rebrand the show to be a combination of how it was prior, a uh, combination of how Cherub uh, Steve Cherubino came home and kind of discussed on what his day slash week was like along with still bringing on great texts from around the world and bringing their perspective onto this show. And I think the biggest piece on why this really made sense and I was comfortable with the suggestion of Jeff bringing to me, maybe it makes sense for me to bring Podnuts Daily is when I was at the unconvention and I had received quite a few emails prior saying that, you know, they missed, missed me being on the show they missed uh, my input, but there were several people at the unconvention this past um, 
this past uh, September where they specifically said, it sucks that you're not on the show because you were very, you gave the transparent doorway on how things were going for you on your business. And that was worth it more to me than all the success stories and all the tips to grow my business. Because through your experiences, it allowed me to avoid or take advantage of what you've seen success and not success with. And I think that was the biggest piece of kind of the theme that I've heard from uh, listeners from Ju- since July, since I've taken the hiatus, where that's kind of why daily has always been a big part of me and why I always felt Podnas was home was the fact that I had been in tech for probably close to now, probably close to 20 years now, and probably a little less, maybe close to 17, 18. But of the 14, 14 to 15 years that I've been a tech and just in technology, I've become a better tech the last three years being involved with the network than the previous 15. And what that says is basically being able to listen to everyone, immersing myself in everyone's content and just understanding what they're saying allowed me to translate that into my own experiences. And I think the biggest piece of what I owe to Podnuts Daily, I feel is my obligation to give that back to if it's just one technician listening or computer business owner listening to the show, I think that's what makes it worth the while to be able to help them avoid several years of pain because they've already heard it and now know, yep, that's probably something I'm not going to do. Or you know what? That's something I think I'm going to take advantage of, but I think I can have a better perspective and avoiding that whole piece as well. So that's kind of what also made it more of a, just a no brainer for me to come back and take on the show as we see fit. So that's kind of what we plan on doing. And that's kind of what we're going to try and focus on moving forward. So there will be definitely consistent content. Um, There will probably be, the shows will be shorter so that you can help uh, get those in a little bit more bite size. And hopefully it'll be a more, it will be a, a enjoyable experience and not quite the Jeff Hallish experience, but hopefully it'll be an experience nonetheless. Oh, hey, any any experience other than the Jeff Hallish experience has got to be a good one because I'm sure after <laughs> over 300 some odd episodes of different shows that I've done, people are tired of hearing me pontificate on a regular basis and bring my opinions and rants to the uh, podcast. But with that being said, I'm still not going anywhere on the uh, live show because that's kind of where I have made my home and that's kind of where I'm going to uh, work on building that along with the help of uh, Paco and other people in the Podnets uh, network and just make it a place where we, we kind of bring a different uh, a different camp. But I think when Paco's talking about things like success and the things he brings to the table, when you think about an overnight success is great. The problem is overnight successes is about a 10-year process. And nobody ever wants to talk about that 10-year process because it's dirty, it's ugly. They don't want to remember it. They don't want to exist. But for those that are in the middle of that process, they need to know that, yes, even through all these struggles and things that they're not the first ones to go through, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And hopefully that light is not a train coming the other way. (laughs) 
Right. And I, and I think you hit it on the head. I think the biggest piece is that a lot of people are very embarrassed on a lot of the mistakes and things that they've made. But little do they know by exposing that, not only do they get much more credibility, much more of an authentic connection with their listeners, but the biggest piece of it all is they're helping someone make sure they don't repeat the same thing. And that's kind of the biggest piece of why I wanted to start that show. And that's why this will be in that type of morph, morph metamorphosis uh, to kind of go moving forward. So without going with all that, we're going to go ahead and move on. And we're going to actually shift the tables now that I am going to just basically yank the keys out of uh, Jeff's hand. And I think I want to go into the fact that Jeff has always had the pleasure of asking everyone, including myself and other uh, returning guests on how's business going, what's going on, et cetera. But Jeff never really has an avenue or basically a way of kind of talking about what's going on with his business. And I want to turn the table over to him to kind of just give us a sneak peek on what's going on with TechNut PC, um, which everyone know, should know that that's Jeff Hallish's uh, computer repair business and how that's going to date versus what the last update we heard when you were being interviewed on the show. <laughs> Well, thank you, Paco. And yes, you can yank those keys and you can keep them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so some some things, as a lot of people know, I have been super busy lately with an apprenticeship uh, at my work and also running my business, uh, hanging out with the family. I've had uh, kids coming in from different states and different countries to visit uh, my kids just because they're, uh, you know, they want to some home food cooking and all that kind of stuff. So I've been busy with a lot of that stuff. And as far as my business, I stopped advertising with Google AdWords probably a year and a half ago, maybe. Probably about a year and a half ago. And so once I stopped doing that, I was still getting what I would call regular business. And when I talk about regular business for a part-time tech that really doesn't want to do as much business as he's been doing, so what? So just as an idea, like how many PCs were you probably getting a week as a regular turnaround for your business? Usually a, a minimum of two. Okay. And then now that you shut that off, did it continue to kind of stay that same float? And even more, I think you were mentioning was coming in after you turned it off, no? Yeah, pretty, pretty much. Um, it, it's been pretty consistent. So there are weeks where I have absolutely nothing which I revel in and I'm able to go play games and hang out with the family, go on long walks with the wife and all that kind of stuff. So that's cool. And then there's weeks where all of a sudden this matter of fact, this past week, I haven't had this happen, but one time the entire time I've been doing this. And that is I've had two people show up to my house unannounced. <laughs> And I've heard other people tell this story about how they had people show up and it's all fine. Everything worked out fine. One person actually showed up in my driveway or not in my driveway in front of my house. I saw the vehicle sitting there and them dialing on the phone. And this is how bad I am. When I don't, when I say I don't answer the phone, I, I really mean I don't answer my business phone. And so the person had called and I just, I let it go to voicemail. And they, on the third call, actually, no, I'm sorry. On the fourth call, I decided to pick it up because <laughs> so, wow. I figured it was them sitting in front of the house. <laughs> Got it. 
So I picked up the phone and they had a power jack repair that uh, needed to be done on their wife's computer. And this is one of those stories. This is a feel good story because what ended up happening is, as we talked a little bit, it was a, it was a decent Lenovo laptop, a little heavier duty, had been banged up a little bit, but the power jack was just fried and it was pushed in and it wasn't, they were trying to use it, but it wasn't being, you know, it wasn't usable anymore. So I said, Hey, we can replace this. I said, it's still, it's still going to be cheaper than buying another six, seven, eight hundred dollar laptop. And yes, I know you can get those cheaper ones. This was not one of those. This is what I would call a consumer mid-grade, not a business line and not the lower end consumer. But when I say consumer mid-grade, I'm looking around the seven to $800 level. That's, that's to me, actually, that's probably business line too for a lot of things. Um, but anyways, there's a lot more metal on this laptop. So it looked to me, I go, I think everything else is working fine. We just need to replace this, no problem. So I replaced it. He came Saturday, picked it up, and it brought his wife with him. And this is where I had taken, and I think John Dominski had showed me this a while back, this stuff called Sugru, which is like a rubberized glue-type material. And it's kind of like Play-Doh when you pull it out of the pack or clay. And you roll it around. And I was able to take a couple of pieces of this and shove it down behind the power jack that I had replaced. So now when they put in the, the cord, it, it has a little bit of give, but not enough to where you're sitting. I said, just be careful when you're pushing it in and pulling it out. Don't be abusive on it, but I think they'll be perfectly fine. So anyways, they, she didn't even know that he was getting that done. So they're walking out of my driveway and this is, I kid you not, I'm, I'm looking out the door and I don't normally do this, but. I've got little side windows on the sides of my doors. Paco knows he's been here and I'm looking at him and there, and she was so excited that he had done this for her, that she had her laptop back and they were, they were hugging in my walkway in front of my house. So it, at those points you go, okay, even though I didn't really want to do it just for that little tiny moment right there, it was well worth it. And so. Uh, yeah, I, I love stories like that and things that happen that are, are on the positive because obviously we all have plenty of stories to pick to or pick through from that are on the negative. So as as far as that glue that you were referring to, this what was it, Sugru? Yeah. It would that have other um, uses outside of just keeping parts in place? Like for example, if there was a bezel of a screw that wasn't kind of holding together, would that be an easily placed rubber? You know, you put, put it in the front bezel and bottom bezel to keep it shut. But if you wanted to separate it, would it cause any problems or? No, actually that's, that's, that's a perfect use case scenario, Paco, because that is absolutely something you can do. The nice thing about this stuff is even though once it, it, it hardens, which it doesn't really harden, it becomes like a, a rubberized glue you can actually pull it back off. Interesting. Okay. So that would be a perfect, for, for a bezel like that, that would be a perfect use case scenario where you could keep something to where it's down a little bit more and you wouldn't need much. You could pull a little bit out of the package and they come in tinfoil packages. You can roll them back up and kind of keep them sealed so they don't dry out. Um, as long as you do that, they're, they're perfect. Um, and then I, I had another customer come in on a Saturday and I never do rush jobs. And I didn't even charge a rush rate for this, but 
Lady comes in, brings me her laptop, says it's slow. She just pulled up in my driveway. My wife says, hey, there's somebody here. They want their computer fixed. And I'm like, nobody's called me. And even if they did, I wouldn't answer the phone anyways. And so she comes up and I'm like, all right, what, you know, whenever somebody gets to that point where they've brought it this far, they've gotten into my driveway, I see them. I have a hard time. Yes, I do have a heart, Paco. Um, I have a hard <laughs> Three time. Three sizes too small. Look yeah, <laughs> I have a hard time turning people away. So I said, all right, what, what's going on? She said, I've got a slow computer. I've got this running on it, that running on it. Here's what I've done. And I, and I go, okay. So we sit down. She fills out the paperwork. No problem. All right, I'll take a look at it. Well, when do you think I can get it back? I said, well, I said, I'll probably give you an email letting you know what's going on today. I said, I really don't know what's wrong with it. And it might be a couple of days before you get it back. She's like, oh, she goes, oh, well, she goes, I got, I got homework to do this weekend. She's going to school. And I go, okay. I said, well, I can't promise anything. I said, what I'll do is I'll look at it. I'll see what's going on with it. And we'll see how far I can get with it. Okay. So she leaves. I take it. I clean it off. Get it, get it going. I check the hardware out. Hardware checks out. Cool. I run Malwarebytes TechBench on it by itself, and it finds, I get 1,400 pieces of malware or something like that. And so, uh, but the, you know, the diagnostic scan from Malwarebytes, even though I use a different uh, form before that to do the hard drive diagnostics and stuff, everything came back fine on that. So basically cleaned it up. There was a driver, and I can't remember which name, what the name of the driver package was. There's a driver package that was running in the background checking for new drivers all the time. People don't put those on your computers. Those are junk. And so I got that off of there. And what I did was there was a bunch of extensions in Chrome. And a lot of times, a bunch of extensions will really slow Chrome down. Chrome is a hog. It's a memory hog anyways, even without extensions. And so I... Basically, I do this, and I know a lot of people who go, oh, I can't believe you do that. I hard reset the Chrome browser, and I shut everything off. <laughs> because I could sit there and pick through stuff and try to figure out if it's this or if it's that or whatever. But the, the reality is, it doesn't really matter. Nine times out of ten, those extensions aren't being used by the end user anyways, especially on a residential end. They're just not using them. And even probably even on the business end, that would be true. They've loaded some piece of software that had an extension for that particular browser and it loaded it up automatically. So that's why I feel justified in hard resetting these things. And the other thing I do is I actually go and I will also hard reset IE, even if IE is not being used. And, you know, because if you have Windows 8 or Windows 10, People generally aren't using IE unless they have a specific need, like, I don't know, maybe doing paperwork for their doctor or lending material. There's all kinds of financial institutions and other things. There's bills that I have to use IE to pay online. No other browser will work. So so, so you reset the browser on the fact of the matter of in the event they may use it, or there's any other reason why you would reset Internet Explorer as well? Paco, that is a great question. And I hate when people say that is a great question. Obviously, it was a great question because you asked it. <laughs> so the um, I reset IE because a lot of people don't realize this either. IE has hooks 
in the other browsers that are loaded into Microsoft's OS. And so a lot of times you will have, you can have a redirect or a proxy that's coming through IE, even though you're using a different browser, and it's still going to mess you up. And so I will go through, and again, even though it says not to do this, I do a hard reset on the IE browser. Because again, most of the stuff they're not using in there, doesn't matter if they're logged in, I clear everything out. Most of the time, nowadays, they're not going to be using it anyways. I've been doing this for years. I've done it way back in Windows XP, Windows 7, Windows Vista, God forbid. and I've never had any pushback. All I get is, wow, this thing has never ran so fast. Yeah, I know, because you've got less junk running in the background that you're not using. The other thing I do is I will go into the background processes that are running as far as what runs on startup, and I shut most of that stuff down. I'll leave the graphics card stuff up, especially on laptops. You have to be careful because... Sometimes if you if you shut down the graphics card modules, they can have weird issues with their graphics. I don't know why this is. I don't know if it's if the driver is somehow hooked into that that startup system. My understanding has always been the startup is only basically stupid shortcuts because we're too lazy to go over and click on a button to start a program up. iTunes, etc. Or, or updaters. Or updaters. Now, you know, things like Java Updater, I will leave Java Updater running, Adobe Reader Updater. Those things I will leave running because in the event, even though nobody updates them on their own, I would let, rather the customer at least know that it needs to be updated. And who knows, maybe they call me and say, hey, should I update this? Or can you take a look at this? And then I can remote in and update that stuff and, and do, do a one-off or whatever. But that's kind of so. That's kind of the couple of scenarios I've had. Uh, I've I also have had uh, different things where I had a Windows 10 machine also last week, and this was one of those really busy weeks where you know it wasn't two computers; it was like five. And so it just it happens like that. It just it's up and down, just like the computer business. So how do you so when you get those influxes and I and I it's always a good problem to have problem where you just have so much work that you don't know what you're going to do how do you try to organize it all or how do you try to keep it all into the same fact of time frames of getting back to the customers time frames of keeping all the parts straight like you are expecting a part to come in day day three where the other parts coming in in day two how do you try to keep all of that straight is that one of those where you gave it, give it a blanket statement to uh, to your client and saying, "Hey, we'll get back to you when we get back to you." Or do you have stuff where you're putting into Repair Shopper, which I believe you're still using, um, and any other tools? Or is it kind of a, just a gut feeling of, "Hey, this is what's going to happen" because it's still not that many more computers to handle that I can't kind of keep everything straight. Well, the thing is, I think a lot of times with when you're setting up expectations i don't make i don't say any turnarounds anymore i, I mean I, I guess i do i guess when people do ask me i'll say 48 to 72 hours and that is my blanket statement that doesn't mean that's just a blanket statement it doesn't mean that i adhere to that i don't have any paperwork that says i'm going to adhere to that it's just my idea of usually how long it takes me is normally no longer 72 hours unless something is super borked and then 
I've got to let the customer know. But one of the things about communication with the customer, and this is why I love things like Repair Shopper, Repair Shopper, I go in, I create a brand new customer, or I have an existing customer, and I create a ticket for that customer. And then I go in, here's a problem with the computer, I send it off, they get an email. Now they can go in with the link that's in that email and check out anything, anytime as far as what's going on with that computer during the fix. But most people don't. What I will do is, is when I come to the next stage, like if I've ordered a part, I will let them know. Hey, parts ordered, it should be in around this day. I don't say buy, I say around this day. And so they, they kind of have this expectation. I just, I set up their expectation as they go. And that way people are not, they're not sitting there going, wondering, hey, has something happened to them? Is my computer missing? What, what's going on? So the more you communicate with a customer, the happier they are. And then guess what? You stay off the phone, which eats up a ton of time for those that love to hang out on the phone and talk to their customers. I don't. I just send emails. They're fine with that. And when it's done, I send them an email. And then if they don't answer the email within a 24-hour period, I usually give them a call. Hey, just want to let you know your computer's all ready. Come pick it up anytime you want. We'll set up a time and they go from there. And I will add that exactly like you said, because of the communications, I found that I used to do everything through the CRM system via email. <coughs> Excuse me. But I think the biggest piece of it was... I was not getting the personal relationship like how you have where your client will drop off in front of you, you'll talk to them, you kind of get a feel for them. And the environment or the 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 workflow that I developed is I have my virtual office where I have my front receptionist pick up the phone calls as primary or they'll talk to them when they drop off the machine. And I found that I've had better experience customer experiences when I give them a call after or I give them a call to give them context to the diagnostic prior to sending the diagnostic email and the estimate. So and the reason why I started doing that was because it one they can have a voice and when anyone calls me they hear my voice as the intro before it gets connected to someone picking up the phone. But the other piece of it too is like you just said, you're waiting 24 hours to sometimes get a response. Once I give them that phone call, sometimes people don't look at emails right then and there on push notifications or they'll wait till after hours, et cetera. And especially when you're starting off and you want to make sure you get as much cash flow coming in as soon as possible, the big piece or the, the great piece about making sure you call them is if once you connect, they're aware and they know about it. And the cool part about Repair Shopper is once they're expecting that email, you can literally, once it's been sent, see if they even opened up the email and it gives you a read receipt on the estimate as well. So I think that's the really cool part about where you say, when everyone talks about communication, I think everyone's now has focused so much on email and doing as much automation and remove themselves from the customer experience. But I think when they start really focusing on customer experience, it ends up automating and makes things a lot easier for them um, when it comes to cash flow and just their whole operations as a whole as well. Um, and that's something you want to make sure you map out before you start implementing something if you've been doing something a certain way thus far. 
Yeah, and I think when it comes to communication, I handwrite all those emails that I send out. Now, it's the size of my business, I'm able to do that. It's not a problem. And so it's not, there are a couple canned responses that I have, and I probably could create more for a lot of stuff that I do. I don't usually because it doesn't take me that long to fill it out and send it along. The other thing, too, is I, you have to set up expectations. It's, it's great to be able to, and I used to do this back in the day, do a 24-hour turnaround. I don't because if you look at things like, I don't know, updating the computer. Now, there's a lot of people out there, and I get them all the time, that they go, hey, this has been nuked and paved, and there's not an update on there to save their lives. There's nothing. <laughs> it's the generic Microsoft OS with whatever came on it from the manufacturer or maybe even a vanilla version and nothing else. I'm like, to me, that's criminal. And unfortunately, there are a lot of techs out there that's, that still do that today. So when you talk about an updating process, even using something like WSUS, which I have on a hard drive, an external hard drive sitting around, even doing it there, you're talking still about hours. Well, that's fine if you're able to sit there and plug that in and get it going, and you can let that stuff run overnight, which is cool, but it's got to be at that time when I'm not working or I don't have something else going on. And so that's where a lot, a lot of times the 72 hours comes in because I don't have the time to get to it right then. And, and the other thing, too, is I always feel rushed when things are on my bench. And so I have to take this step back approach and not drive myself nuts. You know, my wife will go, hey, you want to go on a walk? And I used to, and I still do sometimes. It just it depends on what's going on. I would say, no, I can't because I'm working on this machine. Well, you know what? I might start a process on that machine and I go take a walk and I'm gone for an hour and I come back and I go to the next part of that process. Hey, it's time to go to bed. Not a problem. I'm going to bed. I'll start whatever the next part of the process is. And so it takes a long, a long time to get a lot of this stuff done, but that's okay. Again, a lot of people forget there's not, there's a lot of us single businesses, solopreneurs, that basically have done the fast 24-hour turnaround. Most of your brick-and-mortar businesses don't do that. It's almost an impossibility to do that on a regular basis with the amount they got coming in. You take it to a big box store or, or another, even, even another brick-and-mortar store, it's going in a queue. And it's going to be basically, I mean, the same thing we all do, first come, first serve, right? unless a part comes in before for one machine versus another one that's sitting over there that just needs software stuff done, that's going to be the only caveat. But really, it's first come, first serve. So a lot of times people will take the, the time that they have to basically um, figure out which ones they're going to do first and how they're going to do it. And sometimes that actually, for a lot of businesses, it takes weeks. It's, it's not days. So even when I say I have a 72-hour turnaround, that blows 90% of the businesses out of the water. Right. And I think the biggest piece of to, that to, we want to harp on is the fact that if you are doing a 24-hour turnaround, hey, much power to you. And it's not what we're not saying that you can't do it in 24 hours. We're saying to the reason why you don't want to do 24 hours is life happens. So sometimes out of your own 
control, something's going to happen and you can't adhere to your 24 hour time turnaround. Cause I know I ran into that problem where I'll tell them it'll be uh, one to two business days for a diagnostic and something comes up, it's not happening on business day one. So that's a big piece to understand that although we're saying, yes, don't do it, really try to think about it. It's not the fact of if your ability is not being able to do it in 24 hours, but exactly like what we just explained, it's the fact of you want to make sure that you have a buffer because you just don't know what you don't know that you can't control. Right. Yeah. Well said. So, but yeah, you know, and, and that sounds like, uh, so I guess the biggest question is, so it sounds like you are still kind of trucking along, um, business is going to how you'd like it to be. Um, the question is, is this where you'd like tech nut to be right now? Would you prefer less work? Would you prefer a little bit more work? Do you prefer to keep working in the business? Would you have some ideas that you would love to implement, but because of the work that's coming in, doesn't allow you to. Well, you know, it's funny because I love technology in and of itself, and I love to play around with the new tools and stuff that are on the market, and and I'm fortunate to have had these podcasts over the, the last three and a half some odd years, and I, I'm able to work with a lot of different tools out there. I would like more time to dig into some of the tools that I, you know, I've been using, but maybe I'm using 10% of the ability of that particular tool. And I would like to be able to learn how this stuff works better. Because I think a lot of times we will use what we're used to using and that that's good enough. And to figure out what might actually help us down the road, it's hard to find time for that. So as far as my business, I'm very happy with my, where my business is. This is what's funny. And I was just telling somebody earlier today is that my gross revenue, which means the all the money that comes into my business, is actually lower than it was last year. My net revenue is exactly the same. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot to be said for that, and there's a lot of reasons for that. It's because a lot of times pricing, uh, moving my pricing up, not compromising, not giving deals, just doing what's right, taking the time to do it, have the good customer relations you know, relations with uh, people out there and people are enjoying the service. They like it and they're, they're very happy. So with that being said, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I don't really need to change a whole lot, except that I do like this business and I do like the, the technology and the new things out there. So I'm always looking to try new things and hopefully with so you taking over this podcast, Paco, is that I will be able to get some of those things done I want to work on some networking thing. I've got, you know, I've got a great network set up in here and yet I still have not messed around with things like VLANs and all that kind of stuff, which I, I definitely want to do because it's one of those areas that I'm not real, uh, real versed in as far as right now. Just, I just don't take the time to learn that stuff. Gotcha. No. And hopefully, you know, kind of moving forward, there'll be some big moves uh, being made and, Hopefully you'll be able to kind of get all that sorted out and hopefully some new stuff will be coming up uh, here on the coming shows and what else else is coming up on the business. But speaking of big moves, I have to, you know, it's kind of the elephant in the room in our industry. I'm assuming you did hear about the repair shopper and repair tech merger. Yes, I did. And matter of fact, I, uh, I might've found out about it before it uh, actually happened. Well, you know, not, not to be, you know, shooting our, our gums here, but uh, 
yeah, I was kind of reached out a little bit before it came out too. So you know, just uh, I'm not a name drop or anything, but <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, no. That, you, the reason why I bring it up is because, you know, as everyone knows, I'm a huge fan of Repair Shopper and Repair Tech, and they have been great partners for the PodNuts Network. And, you know, much, much uh, congratulations and luck to them in the future. Sounds like they're up to some really big things. And for those that don't know, they announced Monday that both companies have now merged. And I believe the new company and They'll probably I'll have to get more confirmation from them soon is now known as uh, Servably. And the biggest piece of that is essentially um, that they are now going to encompass all the products under one umbrella. And it sounds like there's going to be some great stuff coming out. Uh, They're even introduced a new product that's in open beta called Synchro MSP. Um, And it's basically the. PSA platform, RMA, RMM platform that a lot of people in both the Kabuto slash repair shopper world, this basically takes that to a new level. Um, I've been playing around with it and it's been really cool on some of the stuff that they've been doing. But, um, you know, just wanted to bring that up for those that have not heard. And because uh, I know that they did send out some emails, but those that are on possibly like Gmail or you know, G Suite or anything like that to have the promotions tab that kind of gets filtered into that marketing. So I'm not sure if those have heard about it, but I thought that was a very great move. I think that both companies complement each other. And I know that when we hear about buyouts, mergers, purchases, things like that, um, acquisitions, a lot of people kind of get nervous or feel that, you know, the product lines are going to change. I think this was one of those where I think it's going to end up being even better moving forward, um, kind of going from there. I think a lot of times when you talk about collaboration of businesses and especially what I will call more indie type businesses, which is a lot of what we deal with in this industry, these businesses are going to collaborate to pull the resources together to be able to do great things. They're already have been intertwined in the way that they work together over the years anyways. And so I, I think that it's it's a it's a great idea that they're able to bring the resources together and make it work, make it better, and just have that combined effort versus just you know kind of doing it out on their own. And I think a lot of things for the foreseeable future, anyways, I don't think will change a whole lot, but they will be able to be working in the background to make things more of a. Here's another term I hate more of a single pane of glass. And that's not <laughs> what I normally think when I say that. But anyways, so I think when these companies are looking to make that one-stop shop for a lot of things, I think that could be good and sometimes maybe bad. But I think in this particular case, it will be a good thing. Yep. No, so I did want to make sure I highlighted that because that is a tool that we both use and we just talked about quite a few of the things that we use for Repair Shopper um, in our businesses. But I think what, you know, we're coming up here um, close to the hour. Um, Is there anything else that you wanted to kind of add on before uh, we kind of close out the show? Paco, I just want to say one last thing to you. I'm out. No, that that wasn't it. (laughs) Ah! Uh, (laughs) 
what I wanted to say was I am so excited that you are have stepped up and you are going to take over this show. And I know you're going to do great things with it. You already have been a great co-host, host, and you really bring the goods to the game. So I think I the future is bright as far as this podcast is concerned. And I think there it is not in a better set of hands than yours. So don't let me down. And so when I say that I really, really appreciate what you've done for me over the years, I really, really, I don't think I could let you know, unless I was to hug you and kiss you, how much I really appreciate you. But I think I've hugged you before. So anyways, um, <laughs> as I go down my diatribe. <laughs> and well, I, I'm letting you go, man. I'm letting you go. This is the last time. <laughs> this is it. Once once I'm done, I'm done. I'm sure, uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, don't try to cajole me to get back on here either. Anyways, uh, no. no, I really appreciate what you've done. And I, I think there's uh, you've got a bright future with this podcast. And I'm excited to... Again, I don't get to listen to all these podcasts because usually I'm a part of them. So now I've got another podcast in my podcatcher that I can listen to on a weekly basis. And I'll be excited to uh, see what you're doing. And uh, when you mess up, I'll uh, come in with the ruler and wrap you on the knuckles a couple times. Sounds good to me. And then I think the biggest piece of it, too, is that we may even have some unreleased uh, interviews from Jeff Hallish in the near future that we might just pull out every so often to put some content in there, but we'll, uh, we'll see if we get about those, but, um, yeah. So if, for those that want to be able to find you now that they won't be able to hear you on daily, why don't you, we talked about the computer repair live show. Why don't you tell a little bit more on the schedule for that? Well, you can find me over at the computer repair podcast live on YouTube every Sunday at 4 PM Eastern standard time. And, uh, the YouTube channel is computer repair podcast. Uh, you can find me on the Google Plus at Jeffrey Hallish or Twitter at TechNutPC. You can also find me on uh, pi, uh, my email for the show is podnuts at podnuts.com. And you can check me out. Uh, you can find me pretty much any, anywhere. Uh, if, if it's on the Internet or if I'm on the Internet, it's uh, pretty much uh, in every uh, facet and corner of the universe. <laughs> and I, I personally want to say thank you for obviously taking over the Podnuts shows, especially daily and rebranding the live show, because I think at that point, uh, the network just didn't have the the real momentum that we have right now. And there, I think we're on to some really good stuff moving forward. So we want to thank you for your service as being the host of this great show and all the input that you have put behind it, because I know there's been quite a bit of hours and just the, the amount of time just specific, uh, generally that you've dedicated to the show. So we do want to thank you for uh, doing that. Uh, for those who want to find me, you can find me over on Twitter. The handle is ShyTechCEO, C-H-I-T-E-K-C-E-O. And we want to thank Instant House Call for sponsoring this episode of the show. I want to thank everyone for listening and subscribing to the show. See you next time on Podnuts Daily. Music provided by Steve Cherubino at stevecherubino.com.